so if I can control what I control, there's a lot of control. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Colin with Colin show. This is your co-host, Digital Jeff. And to all my dreamers, entrepreneurs who have an idea and that are itching to take that leap of faith, this episode is for you. Colin will be going over some strategy and mindset that is required to launch a new business, start a new venture, and how to find what product your audience really wants, even if you still don't have a community, even if you're still at ground zero and just have that idea. We're going to go over the steps of what you need to do right now to launch your business in the right way. And today we have Luke Hartlist calling in from San Diego. Luke is a serial entrepreneur, owner of multiple F45 gyms in Southern California, crushing the game, and he recently launched a new business, the number one performance subscription box for men, also known as manlybox.com. For context, I personally know Luke. Uh, I was the director and producer for his launch video on Manly Box, which had a blast doing in Tulum, uh, three different cities in, in Mexico, actually. And I'm really excited to have Luke on the show today. I know many of you will be able to relate to his questions. So let's get the show started. Luke, welcome to the show. What system have you built around your life so that you can get the most energy out of your day so that you can move through your day with the most energy and execute consistently day in day out yeah that's, i mean that's a great kind of like multi-tiered question what i would say is that um i am extremely routine i'm extremely structured and i have an incredible team um, i create job roles uh from nowhere and i'll create uh based on not just the needs, it is obviously the needs of the organization, but is I'm more invested into people. What are you strong at? I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses. I wanna be in the room and be the dumbest mother in there. I want to be around other people that uh, elevate me and move the needle. My passion's more like marketing, branding, uh, you know, personal development, brand development, forward-facing to, uh, our top tier customers called Redline Elite um, and Elite Platinums. But, you know, for me, and I guess it would be investing in the right people and staying extremely routine and structured. Uh, so cadence calls, like cadence of our top leadership. We have a weekly meeting Monday at two o'clock and it is always the same. There's a, a lower tier uh, that all the department supervisors will have a meeting with the assistant plant manager or the plant manager um, and then we have two manufacturing plants, 150,000 square feet. So everything is extremely structured. And as these different tiers of leadership are working in tandem together, um, it's the information is now disseminated back to me so that I can make bigger holistic um, views an, or an, a holistic like approach to everything. Um, what I would say is also like, from anything that's not going to be worth my time to do, delegating it out and being comfortable letting go and knowing that even if it's not 
100% the way that I would say it, being comfortable enough to let go of certain things that I've had to do for so long. I think a lot of people, and even myself at times, several years ago, it was hard for me to let go of certain areas of the business because when you're starting a company, you're having to do everything. And so it's the same thing with me. I'm letting go and promoting people. And as we're growing the organization and I, and I challenge them, I challenge my leadership team to know guys as, as Redline is growing and scaling, it's in the best interest of the organization. It's nothing personal. You have to grow personally or you will not be here for long or I'll have to hire somebody to put you uh, at, at this next level. So I'm challenging them to make sure that they're uh, always, they're not complacent. They're moving the needle. They want, they're hungry to be more successful because as we're growing triple digits year over year, um, you have to make sure that your leadership team clearly knows um, that they're uh, very, it's, there's accountability, but it starts with me. It starts with me making sure that that is clearly communicated on expectations from their department, holding standards, holding standards that are reasonable and metrics that aren't just thrown up at the air and saying, oh, this should work. No, if you're gonna come to me with, let's just say the equation is manufacturing this part, I've got to know run cycle times. I need to know how many parts fit on a sheet. What's the estimated physical uh, cogs? What is like all of these things that we've got in place now has taken years to develop. But now I know we can cut this many parts. This is how long it takes. This is the percentage of revenue, gross uh, physical cogs. Uh, and, and so then there's some form of a known variable. Um, and so I guess short term answering your question, uh, investing in the right people, developing accountability structure, and then keeping that same systems processes fluent where every single week we know exactly what are these top level priorities that need to be done um, and then quarterly, what does that look like to make sure that we hit our goals from the previous quarter? To piggyback off that question, your, your specific routine for yourself to, to manage that energy so that you can also, you know, oversee and execute day in, day out. Do you have a routine, like a daily routine that you go through and that you work through every day? Yeah. Seven days a week, brother. I'm crazy though. Most people aren't like me. Um, I believe that Monday is the same as a Sunday, same as a Saturday. It's just a day and I have to win the day. I have to maximize the same 24 hours. I think your mind is something that is trainable. I think that you uh, can train it just like mind-body connection in the gym. You just working out right now, you know the right form. You know when you're doing, uh, let's just say, bent over rows, if your elbow placement's 40 degrees higher, it could hit more of your uh, front delts versus rear delts. And it's all just slight variables, but that mind-body connection allows you to know, okay, I'm targeting front delts, I need to do X. Uh, same thing with my mind, seven days a week, I have my alarm clock set for the exact same time. 99% of the time, I beat my alarm clock by 10, 15, 20 minutes because I'm so routine and structured. And that's weekends included because weekends are just another Monday. So I think that 
what's helped me is staying regimented every single day and then challenging myself. Like this year, it's the year of foundation and I have proclaimed certain things that I need to accomplish. And that personal accountability is back on me to the point where I'm not touching alcohol. I haven't had a sip all year. Um, and we have like mastermind retreats every quarter. And so now a lot of the, uh, the members joke around with me because they want to take a shot and they're like, yeah, you know, they're trying to get me to do it. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Cause I'm focused, man. Like I'm so focused on what needs to happen and that personal accountability where I've challenged myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself down. If it's something that I can control, I can control my time. I can control my mind. I can control what I eat, what I drink. Um, and so I can reduce a lot of friction and bullshit that's not needed because I can control those things. I can't control the economy. I can't control inflation. I can't control uh, the job market. Uh, but what I can control is how I treat my team. I can control how I show up and present myself every day. I can control how my leadership reacts and responds respectfully. Um, so if I can control what I control, there's a lot of control. And that's the only thing you need to really focus on is those things that are in your control. Um, this has, this is a question for you for, in regards to subscription models. When, when, uh, have you, what has been the best either funnel or structure or the most successful structure that you've found for using a kind of a tripwire strategy or a lower ticket, um, offer in, and in regards to then, you know, upselling or retargeting to sell those customers then onto your, your high ticket offer. Yeah. So great question. I think, um, I, have spoke about it a few times about less is more. Um, and what I mean by that is reducing friction. So I love your concept of funnels and using that as kind of a tripwire quote unquote campaign to uh, get people on board at a lower risk. And so really it's, it could be used several different methods. I think a lot of people that have subscriptions that probably could be a lot more successful is if they started their subscription with just one tier. Uh, most people think, oh, I need a low tier, mid tier and a high tier. Why? You don't, at least not at first. I think that you should identify based on what is the market demand? What is your goals? Is it less is more with a more expensive um, uh, market uh, monthly recurring revenue side? Or is it a volume at scale game? Would I rather have 50,000 subscribers at $25 a month? Or would I be more conscious to go um, a fraction of that, but at $150 a month? And, and, and really it's gonna come down to your marketing approach how much are you willing to take as a loss leader on the front end um, to acquire those customers? If you're selling a box for $150 to $200, um, your cost per acquisition to get them on board could be two, three times that amount. And when you're first starting off with a subscription, you don't know what your lifetime value is. So you don't know what that risk reward energy is. You don't know so what I would say is like uh, a low tier, low in, uh, a high incentive to give them a taste of what they're gonna get, right? Use it as, man, this is incredible. 
I want this every single month. And it could be uh, you send them the box and they only cover shipping on the front end. And then uh, the auto bill rec uh, recurring is going to hit 14 days later, something like that. And then between them receiving it and let's just say you ship within three business days, you know, now you've got a week before they get rebilled to make sure that you um, have touch points to that consumer to make them not want to cancel or have disputes, chargebacks. Um, and that's just one analogy. You know, I don't know, there's so many different subscription models out there in boxes, whether it's quarterly or monthly. I mean, there's weekly subscriptions. Uh, so it's really gonna depend, and then it's gonna depend on uh, the price point, who your end consumer is. But I think the challenge is uh, market acquisition is extremely high and challenging for customers to find your brand and want to sign up off the bat. Uh, so if you can get customers on a front end low ticket item and then ascend them either post-purchase upsells or uh, maybe they just bought a necklace or a shirt and then after they order you email them, hey, by the way, we've got this incredible uh, box, let me show you what it is, whatever. Then you've already got the data to retarget them. So you're just basically the intent of your first purchase. It could be kind of like a break even strategy. I'm willing to break even for new customer acquisition and then ascend them into subscription. All right, Colin. So this is, this is a question for pre-sales strategies. Um, and my, what, what I'm, what the answer that I'm after is how have you number one implemented a successful pre-sale pre strategy? Like what has been the structure? And number two is like, what has been the best channel that you've utilized for that campaign? You know, what I would say is focusing within your own core group. Let's just say you have a pre-existing uh, customer base and you're wanting to launch a new product category of focus, like he's asking. Pre-launching something and mitigating risk to make sure that the market is going to want this. Uh, what I would say is ask your own customers. From an Ascension model, create a Facebook group. For us, we have a VIP group. Um, and on Facebook, we ask them, um, basically, what do you think about this? And we've got three separate groups, and I wanna explain this real quick. So our Ascension model, the lowest tier, right, the, uh, the top of the funnel, uh, which is the most people in it, the lowest uh, engaged, this is the uh, open to the public type deal. Uh, this is the VIP group. The next tier is those that have placed th uh, five or more orders since February 26, 2020, when I launched it February, uh, is Redline Elite. And then we have a, another, the lowest is Redline Elite Platinum. Now, what I wanna think about is before going to market, my lowest tier, which is Redline Elite Platinum, they would probably give me uh, a yes, I love it for anything that I asked about, right? And so I have to ascend uh, from different levels. I want to get honest, truthful feedback. What group, I gotta use the VIP group. This is the largest group, but they're also not the ones that are in the Elite and Elite Platinums. I want to get those that are at least engaged. They know who I am. They know our products. There's trust and security, but I want real honest feedback. 
because uh, I could, I feel confident that I could sell empty water bottles and elites would buy it. Uh, and I mean that respectfully, uh, but everybody, every business is going to have that top tier customer group, um, cr create an ascension where you can utilize and harness them to be your focus group. Apple pays millions of dollars for focused groups into different subcategories, sub um, ethnicities around the world. They want to know what, what are they more intentional about. Um, for us, we're fortunate enough to have 50,000 you know, VIP members in this group that we can test before it goes to market. And they love getting feedback, especially if their product pick if it won. And so then they feel like their voice made a difference. So utilize those networks to, before you go to market, and it's also an awareness play, right? At the end of the day, they're like, holy shit, you're doing Canvas too? I thought it was just steel products. No, we, we offer a lot more than just Canvas. We offer apparel and uh, a bunch of other things. So I think that uh, utilizing your own core demographic your own customers if you're pre-existing before you launch and identifying should I uh, what what needs to improve look at that more look at look at improvements more than sustainabilities look at it from the end consumer because for me it doesn't matter what I think what matters is what they think as a voice uh, I I don't want butterflies on my wall but I'll create a shitload of butterflies hummingbirds uh, tulips and whatever else my end consumer wants and I'm going to listen to them. What color do you want? What size? Do you like do you like this bouquet with five or do you like it with 12? And I'm just going to utilize them and they love it. They just ask for it and um, then they're involved, we're involved and it's just an incredible synergy. So that's kind of my go-to before I launch. So that would be my version of a pre-launch and before I'm putting paid market ad spend behind a new product category of focus is to test it within that group and then see what is the overall response. And on that, if you were to reverse that and you didn't have access to a group uh, like that, what would be the best way to test the market you think with your product? Um, I would say don't ask friends or family because they're going to give you a biased decision. I would say go to a mall, go to somewhere that's not biased, figure out who your end consumer is. Like if it's women 40 to 65 plus, go to a soccer game, walk around and ask strangers, what do you think about this? Um, if it's men that's 25 to 35, that's into fitness and lifestyle, go to random gyms and start walking around and ask people, be vulnerable. Um, and that's, yeah. that's free and get advice and, you know, but it's really gonna depend on your market, but just understand who you're targeting and then go after that core demographic. Yeah, awesome mate, very, very, very helpful. Um, I appreciate your time. Yeah, man, thanks for being on the show. I do have one last question for you. Uh, so, yeah. if if you were to pass away tomorrow, what would you want to be remembered for? Oh, that is loaded. Um, I would want to be remembered for creating a, a large network that drives 
massive impact in the men's space. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you got value from this, I would encourage you to leave us a five-star review. It helps us spread the word of our show, Colin with Colin. Also, connect with us on social media at Colin Wayne One and Digital Jeff. If you tag us across social media with today's episode, screenshot this episode, post it, and we'll be reposting it. Be sure to tune in. Episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, I see you. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I don't see you, but if you want to see us on video, go to our YouTube channel, Colin Wayne, search that, and you'll be able to see all of our episodes in video format. Hop over and be sure to subscribe. Colin Wayne in the search title.